doing today? Good? Awesome. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you who do not know me, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. We have people that are watching us right now in New Mexico, in Arizona, in Texas, in Florida, Vermont, uh, Nebraska, all over the United States. So thank you so much for for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right, we are kicking off, we kicked off a brand new series last week, and before we get into it, uh, I, I, wanna, I got a couple things that I just want to talk about really quick. One, uh, you just watched the Embrace video. There is a uh, table in the lobby to sign up, and, and now listen, the reason why we do these special things in our church, whether they're conferences or a VBS or worship night, um, isn't so we can be famous in Littleton or in Colorado, or, or we can, you know, we can have a national audience. The reason why we do these things is for the people in this church, okay? That, that's why we do them. You, you are our first priority, and, and, and if you are a lady, and maybe you just started coming to Passionate Life Church, I want to encourage you, sign up for this conference, okay? You're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to meet some new friends, you're going to bond this, this weekend, okay? And so I want to encourage you, man, sign up. This is for you. This is our way to, to pour into you, to disciple you, to encourage you um, during this time. And so, again, uh, as your pastor, I, I, I want to encourage you to sign up today if you haven't. It's, it's going to be one of these weekends that you won't forget. You're going to make some lifetime friends. Um, God's going to heal some places in your heart, in your mind that, that, that you've been desiring for a really long time. Um, it's going to be a supernatural weekend, and I don't want you uh, to miss it, okay? So go and sign up. And then the other table that's in the lobby is our impact team. Uh, we, we've got roughly 18 to 20 ways that you can serve the house of God. Uh, man, we need, we need workers. Uh, we, we need workers. We need people to help. And, and not just on Sunday, but there's, there's opportunities all throughout the week that you can help serve. Man, we had an awesome team yesterday. Come on, helping clean up. Come on, those of you that served yesterday and brought chainsaws and rakes. And man, thank you so much uh, for your work work and, and, and taking ownership of God's house. That, that's what it looks like to take ownership of God's house uh, and, and, and desiring it to look good. And so thank you so much uh, for your time and your effort yesterday, uh, you know, just, just investing into God's house. Okay. All right. Last week, we kicked off a brand new series called Refuge, and it was Refuge of Hope, because one of the things that I, I, I've been seeing is, is that there's a bunch of Christians walking around with no hope, and we're talking about courage today, no hope and no courage, which is a complete oxymoron for, for Christians, right? If there was a people group that should have hope, that should have courage during this time, it's followers of Christ. But we've allowed circumstance and events to suck the hope out of us and steal our courage. And so today, we're going to talk about being a refuge of courage, okay? Being a refuge of courage. Let's look at the definition of refuge again, and then we'll get into God's word and we'll pray. Refuge is a shelter or protection from danger or distress, a place that provides shelter from the weather, a safe place for training and healing that can happen simultaneously. And, and, and this came from the definition of talking to Chuck, and, and he's a military guy. Uh, just uh, 
having that image that a refuge is this mighty fortress, right? That the church is supposed to be a mighty fortress where you can come and experience healing, but also experience training up because God... God is looking for an army. He's looking for an army to go out and battle the demonic forces. He's looking for a church to destroy the demonic strongholds on earth, right? And so not only are we a place of healing, but we're a place that we can get trained up and be the light of the world. Refuge, right? Refuge. And so uh, today we're going to talk about being a refuge of courage. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, this is your moment. And so we just come against the enemy's lies right now in Jesus' name, and we banish them back to the pit of hell. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would protect this environment this morning away from distraction. Help us to focus on the very word that you've designed for us this morning. God, let us draw a little bit closer to you this morning. And Holy Spirit, let it be none of me today. None of me today and all of you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen and amen. And so, uh, I'll be honest. Not that I'm always not honest, but I'll be honest. Um, I did not know the definition of courage. Okay? I did not know the definition of courage because, you know, when I was growing up, I thought courage was this thing that this lion in the Wizard of Oz had lost and he was trying to gain. Some of you are like, what is the Wizard of Oz? Never heard of that movie. Okay? And right? It's like this, this lion has lost it and he needs to get it back so he can roar or something. Do you know what I mean? Or, and, and, and it's because in today's society and in, in our current culture, that word courage has been watered down so immensely, we have no idea what that word actually means. Because in today's society, what courage means in today's culture and society and and, and media is they glorify sin. They celebrate sin. Listen, and, and young people, you need to hear this this morning. Someone who is born a boy and dresses up as a girl and walks around, that is not courage. And so, listen, and, and this is the stuff that I get when I, when I say stuff like this, that why are you picking on them? Okay, I'm not saying that to pick on those people, okay? I'm saying that because some of you have people like that in your life that you work with, that, that, are, that are part of your friendship circles, that are your family members. And God is calling us to love them enough to tell them the truth. You see, we, 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 we're, we're living in a society where if you don't agree with my lifestyle, you hate me. Right? Where we're living in a society, and love has, love has nothing to do with agreeing with someone's lifestyle. Listen, Jesus doesn't agree with a lot of the things that we do, and he still loves us. And so when I talk about these things, it's not to pick on them or, or, or showcase them, but this is what the world is doing, guys. The world is, is teaching our, our kids that, that, that it's okay to live in sin, and not only just live in sin, but it, it becomes glorified. And you, you, you see pictures on magazines of men wearing dresses and skirts, and, and this is the new masculinity. Guys, it is a lie from the pit of hell. And so... As followers of Christ, we need to be bold. We need to get our courage back because we've lost our courage. 
in the face of our, our, our current culture and society. And the sad thing is, is I was reflecting, I've been reflecting the last couple of weeks of just our founding fathers. I mean, I'm talking about the people that sacrificed their, lo- their lives to, to find this country, to create this country. And the very reason why they created this country is so they could discover a place where they could worship freely, that they could break away from the tyranny of what they were under, the oppression that they were under. And they saw that it was a great enough risk to, to risk their lives to discover a place where, like, man, we just want to worship God freely. And that's why our country has been so blessed. And that's where we need to get back to. But the only way we're, we're going to get back to that place is if the church starts to have some courage again. And so we've, we need to get our hope back, right? We focused on getting our hope back last week, right? And so today, we're, and next week too, we're going to talk about courage, okay? Because today is all about losing our courage, how we've lost our courage. And, and if we can understand how we lose it, and then next week we can understand how we get it, okay? So let's look at that definition of courage. And, and listen, as we read this definition, as we're reading this week, Christians are the only ones, followers of Christ are the only ones that can actually have real courage, okay? And I'm going to show that to you as we read the definition. Let's read it. Courage. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to break it down. The quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, without fear. Okay, so let's look at it and say. The quality of mind, right? Who has the most quality of mind on the planet? It's the person that has the mind of Christ. Listen, you can't have a better mind than the mind of Christ. It has nothing to do with intelligence. It has nothing to do with that at all. It happened, it, having the quality of mind is having the mind of Christ. And Christians are the only ones that can have the mind of Christ. The quality of mind or spirit. Come on. You want to talk about quality of spirit? We've got the Holy Spirit. We talked about him for five weeks, right? So someone who has courage has to have the mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Because it is the mind of Christ and it's the Holy Spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, without fear. And so what's interesting about this definition is that we literally cannot develop courage without difficulty, danger, or pain. And so maybe, maybe, just maybe, the difficulty that you're in today, maybe the pain that you're in today, maybe the danger that you feel today is so that you can develop the courage for tomorrow. Because we literally cannot develop courage without these three things. And then the last thing is without fear. Followers of Christ are literally the only ones that can live without fear. Because perfect love casts out all fear. Where does perfect love come from? God. You can only experience perfect love through God. And so literally the definition of courage is describing a follower of Christ. And so God has us in this place where he's trying to develop courage in us. And so we are going to come across situations where God is asking us to be 
courageous so he, we can develop that courageous spiritual muscle that God has placed inside of us. Amen? So last week we, we were in Psalms 39, and, and today we're going to be in Psalms 40, and we're going to be talking about David again. And last week we talked about how David lost his hope, right? And so David was, uh, specifically in these passages, he was having an affair with Bathsheba. Uh, he had her husband go to the front uh, of the war, and, and essentially he had him murdered. And then he didn't tell anybody for like a year, okay? He's keeping this secret. He, he didn't want to give up this affair. And so he's living this way for almost a year until Nathan the prophet, uh, you know, comes up to him and says, bro, what are you doing? And then he confesses, okay? And so in, in verse 40, he's still struggling with some of these things. And, and specifically, he's struggling with his courage. Let's, let's go ahead and read it today. And I've got three points today, and all three points come from, from this passage this morning. He says, Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. And so what, what made him lose courage, right? Like, what's making us lose courage today? And so today I've got three ways, uh, uh, three ways we lose courage. Courage. Three ways we lose courage. Point number one. Point number one. We focus more on our troubles than we do on God's faithfulness. We focus so much on all the negativity and all the bad things that are happening in our society, in our culture today. We just focus on that. We focus on all the difficulty. We focus on the struggle. And what ends up happening is we literally forget how faithful God is to us. The very nature of who God is, the very character of God is faithful. John 1, 16 through 18. From his abundance, from God's abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself, God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Okay, and so what is John saying here? John is saying here, Literally, the evidence of faithfulness in our lives is the life of Jesus. Yes. That, that God sent his only begotten son to die for us, to, to be humiliated, to, to be crucified, to, to, man, to, to live a life. Like, literally, everybody left Jesus. I mean, just think about this. Everybody left Jesus. He was by himself. And here is God in flesh. God put flesh on and he could have, and he, he even mentioned, Jesus even mentions this, man, I could call a legion of angels down and wipe everybody out. I could overthrow the Roman government, and I could take control right now. Why does Jesus not do that? Because he's faithful. He was faithful to the mission that his father put him on. He was faithful to endure the cross. He even calls it, it was his joy to go to the cross, to be beaten and bruised for our sin and our iniquity, to be crucified on a cross. Like that, 
that displays, the life of Jesus displays God's faithfulness to you and me. And so when we focus so much on troubles and problems and issues in our life, we have the tendency to forget how faithful God has been to us and how faithful God wants to be to us. And, and, and what ends up happening is when we, we get into this place where, man, our, our, we, we just think our troubles are so much uh, higher and so much more powerful than God. And we forget that, man, God's faithfulness, that's literally who he is. That is his character. Point number two, point number two, second way we, we lose courage. We allow our sin to separate us from God's mercy and unfailing love. We serve a God of mercy and unfailing love. We, we serve a God of mercy and unfailing love. And, and, and so God's mercy and unfailing love is always there for the taking. It is us. We're the ones that separate ourselves from God's love and mercy. We're the ones that, that choose to walk away from God's unfailing love and mercy. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Um, how do we allow sin uh, to, to, to separate us from, from God's love and, and really suck the courage out of our lives? Um, we do this by not willing to change our behavior. And we talked about this last week. We're, we're just not willing... To, to change our behavior, we're, we're just like, and, and I talked about last week that, that we love our sin more than we love God, and, and we just want to stay in the condemnation, we just want to stay in the sin, and we don't want to change our behavior, and so what happens is we end up grieving the Holy Spirit by the way we live. And some of you are like, what's that? Okay, what is grieving of the Holy Spirit? Well, just think about that word grieve. It means Sorrow. It means to, to become sad. I mean, you think about people that are grieving. They're usually grieving something that has passed away, something that has left. And, and literally, the Holy Spirit, we can grieve the Holy Spirit by the decisions that we make in our lives. And so I'm going to show you today. I got three separate points. It doesn't count in my big points, okay? <laughs> These are small points, okay, of how we grieve the Holy Spirit. Because we need to understand that this is attached to courage, okay? Us grieving the Holy Spirit is attached to how we live our life. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. The Apostle Paul says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So, point number one, how we grieve the Holy Spirit today. Point Side point number one is with our abusive and foul language. And the word that, that's used here, right, the, the Greek word that's used here is it speaks of something that's gone rotten. 
And guys, this is a good reminder why we don't curse and swear, okay? We all need that reminder because I think we have the tendency, because our culture is so foul, you know, every movie just has swear words and, and just inappropriate things in them. And, and, and our workplaces are just so filled with people with foul and abusive language. We need to be reminded why we're separate separate, why we're set apart, why we don't use these types of words, because literally it is rotten to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so think about this, okay? And, and I think we've all experienced this, uh, someone who's a close talker and has bad breath. Okay? Do not nudge the person sitting next to you, okay? It's not time for that. When you're talking to a close stalker and they have stank breath, right? Like, what is your reaction, right? Like, what is your reaction? Reaction is to, you know, right? When we use foul and abusive language, it is pushing the Holy Spirit away from our lives. And, and we're having that conversation with someone with, with the stank breath, right? And, and all of a sudden, we're no longer listening to what they're saying, right? We're thinking of an escape plan. <laughs> You're like, should, should I just give him a tic-tac? Should I give him some, should I fake a phone call or a leg cramp? You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, how do I get out of this, right? And you're literally not focusing on the conversation. The whole, man, when abusive and foul language comes out of our mouth, the Holy Spirit is moving away from our lives. We are grieving him because it's literally rotten stuff coming out of our mouth. And, and the Holy Spirit does not want, cannot commingle with sin. And so when it's coming out of our mouth, he's just like, oh. Guys, this is why we don't use those words. Now listen to me, listen to me. When you're in an environment and they're cursing and they're swearing and they're using those, those abusive language, right, inappropriate language, inappropriate jokes, and you walk away, that takes courage. You see, God is trying to develop our courage. Are you going to be set apart? Is there going to be something different than you, in you? Or are you just going to be like everybody else? You're going to talk like everybody else? You're going to act like anybody else? Because that does not look like a follower of Christ who takes up their cross, right, to follow Jesus. And yes, it might be uncomfortable. And yes, somebody might say, hey, bro, why'd you walk away? Why, why, why did you just walk away while, while we were having a conversation? It, it takes courage to say, you know what, I just can't be in that type of environment. I just want to remove myself from that. Yeah. that. That takes courage, right? That, that take, and that's what God is trying to do. He's trying to develop our spiritual courage muscle in us. And he's going to give us situations where we can develop that. All right, the second one is bitterness. Bitterness. Let's look at the definition of bitterness. Bitterness is a resentful spirit. That refuses to be reconciled. Bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. It's that old saying where it's like you taking the poison, poison expecting somebody else to die, right? Holding on to bitterness. And, and you know what I mean? It's just like, and we talked about this last week, right? Forgiveness. Holding on to, to unforgiveness and bitterness affects us, and it affects the Holy Spirit in us. And, and, and sometimes 
God is not asking us to reconcile with that relationship. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he wants us to reconcile with that relationship where we, we ask for forgiveness or we forgive them in our heart and then we reconcile. But there's some relationships that are toxic. There's some relationships that are abusive that God does not want us to reconcile with, but we still have to release the bitterness somehow. We, we still have to release the bitterness uh, somehow. And, and maybe it's saying that you need to go to them and forgive them and, and, and create boundaries and, and, and all of that. Or, or maybe you just need to, to go to the Lord and just have, maybe you need to come to the prayer club today and have someone pray for you for the bitterness to just release it off of you. Because it's our bitterness that grieves the Holy Spirit in us. It's this, this, this sense of unforgiveness. And it's, it sucks the courage out of us because it takes courage what to ask for forgiveness it takes courage to ask someone to forgive us or to forgive someone who's done something really bad to us right it's developing a courage a spiritual courage muscle in us all right number three number three fits of rage and anger fits of rage and anger rage speaks of the person who is easily angered and who raises their voice shouting and screaming Now listen, I get this a lot. Well, pastor, I just have righteous anger. (laughs) You yelling at the news and cursing the news out is not righteous anger, okay? You screaming in your car because someone just cut you off is not righteous anger. (laughs) I I remember... Uh, several years ago, about probably about six years ago, Jude, Jude was four. Um, and he was in his car seat in the back, and uh, I was driving, and, and uh, this person just, they almost hit me, right? This person almost hit me. I've got, you know, Jude in the car, and, and I was just like, I can't believe this person who's probably from California almost hit me. <laughs> Funny because it's true. <laughs> and, and, and I just I just lost it, right? I just started, you know, you know, honking my horn and, and just like pounding my steering wheel and just flipping out. Like I was just flipping, just lost it on this person. You know, I've got my child in the car. I can't believe you almost hit me because you're an idiot, you know what I mean? And 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 after it was just like settled down for a moment, and then I hear this little squeaky voice from the back seat. Daddy. Why are you angry? I was like, oh, what am I doing? You know, I'm teaching my son that it's okay to be crazy in a car. I'm teaching my son that rage is okay as long as it's confined in a car and you're screaming at someone who's from California. Do you know what I mean? It's just like... What am I, you know what I mean? And and man, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And man, our rage and our anger pushes the Holy Spirit away from our lives. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Guys, listen. We're going to talk more about this next week. But we can speak the truth in kindness and love and compassion. We don't have to be rude or nasty. It's, It's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. It's God's kindness through us that lead people to 
repentance. And so it doesn't have to be rude or nasty or angry and, and have fits of rage. It's literally the opposite. The Holy Spirit's like, man, I can't commingle with that. I don't want to have anything to do with that. And so listen, there's going to be situations, right, that just set you off. Maybe, maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's some friends that just set you up. They know how to press those buttons, okay? And this is going to be an opportunity for you to develop your spiritual courage muscle and walk out of the room. Go take a walk. Go count to 10. Go do some push-ups. I don't know. Like, don't, like, don't allow that, that spirit of rage and anger to well up in you and take control over you because it can do more damage than good. And so whenever you feel that, whenever you sense that, man, guys, go pray, go walk, go take a break. But don't let rage and anger take over the situation and, and, and hurt friendships and, and coworkers. And guys, it's not worth it, okay? It's not worth it. And it grieves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just like, man, I, I can't go mingle with bitterness. I can't go mingle with anger. I, I just, I, I can't, that foul language, I just can't be in the presence of, of that. You know, and guys, we need to be reminded, I need to be reminded of these things because we, we just get caught up in a culture that, that, that everything's acceptable, everything's fine, everything's good. You, you know what I mean? And, and we just can get very easily, we can get desensitized from what the Holy Spirit is actually trying to speak to us, that we're supposed to be people that are set Apart. We're supposed to be different. Talk different. Act different. We're supposed to be different. All right, number three, number three. The third way we lose our courage is our problems and our issues blind us from the future God has for us. David says, my, my sins and my troubles piled up so high, they blinded me. My, my sins and my troubles have piled up to the point that they've blinded me. Guys, did you know that this is Satan's plan is to blind people? Like, they, this is his very plan. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. Let's, let's look at it. He says, if, we, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And so what ends up happening, what, what ends up happening is we end up focusing on the bad news instead of the good news and the troubles and, and the issues and the difficulty starts to pile up in our lives, and Satan is always trying to blind us from the hope and the future that God gives us. You know, God has a great future for all of us. It's not us who stops that future, or it's not God who stops that future. It's us that stops that future that God has in store for us. God wants to, to lead and guide our steps. God, God has purpose. God has a plan that he has already written for us. 
It's our disobedience. It's our rebellion. It's when we grieve the Holy Spirit that we, we begin to stop walking that future that God has in store for us. God is faithful. God loves us. God's got a plan for our lives. It's Satan who, who tries to blind us and to keep us in the dark from the, the things, the great things that God has in store for our lives. I want to end with this, this passage this, this morning. And we're going to read it from the King James Version it's from Proverbs, and I grew up reading the KJV. And uh, I don't know, whenever I read it now, uh, I always feel like it helps to read it in, in the voice of Yoda. <laughs> it just really just resonates, okay? Let's go ahead and read it today. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Hmm? But he who that keepeth the law, happy is he. Way better, right? Like you're just like, yes. plan that we would be a people, that we would be a church that would have no vision. Why? So we could die. Satan wants the church to die. And, and most of the time, you know, he's seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, but he'd rather a bunch of wounded Christians be walking around without a refuge, complaining, then a bunch of dead Christians that are martyrs, that stood up, that had courage. I mean, you want to talk about real courage? Look at what's happening in Afghanistan. I mean, they're, they're writing letters to, to different missionaries and different pastors saying, we're ready to die. We know we're going to die. But we're just trying to take as many people with us as possible. You want to talk about the, you, you want to talk about courage? Just look at the Chinese church. The, Christ, the Chinese Christian church. Look at, look at Christians in India. They're like, man, we don't even get the, that word lukewarm. Because when we make a decision for Christ, we lose everything. And so it better be real. And, and, and we're... We won't post a scripture on social media because we're worried about how it's going to make that unsaved friend feel that they might not like the post. We're, we're worried about bringing our Bible into our workplace and reading it during our lunch break because someone might say something to us. We're worried about leaving an inappropriate conversation because it might make someone feel awkward or say, look, I, I, I can't be in this conversation right now. Because it might hurt somebody's feelings. Like, like guys, like, 
people are losing their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're worried about someone's feelings. We're, 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 because, guys, the way we're trending, okay, the way we're trending, we're going away from that nation, that once great nation that was founded on God, that was founded on worship. And the church is going to have to get bold. The church is going to have to actually stand up and be courageous. And so, church, this is our time to develop that muscle right now in the face of difficulty. Many times it starts with small things, right? Many times God doesn't just give us this big, huge thing, are you willing to die, right? No, many times it's just, okay, I need to be faithful in these small things, okay? I need you to be faithful. I need you to be courageous. I need you to not grieve the Holy Spirit with the way you're living. I need you to stop allowing Satan to blind the hope in the future that I've given you. It starts with these small acts of obedience. And then God will bring us to something bigger, something larger. But we, we need to start small. Because if there was ever a person that should be living in courage, it's us. It's the church. It's the follower of Christ. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you would say today, Pastor, I... I need to say yes to Jesus. I've either never said yes to Jesus or I've let this world consume me and, and, and I need to commit my life to Christ today. And here's the thing. Everybody's going to stand before Jesus at some point in their life. And as your pastor, I don't want you to have the excuse of I never knew. Nobody ever told me. And so this is your moment today to get right with Jesus. This is your moment right now to ensure your eternal salvation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything embarrassing. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just gonna pray with you today. Yes, you can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask that you'd repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.